What's up, citizens? How we doing? Hello. Good to see you guys. Welcome. I hope you guys have had a great day. Hope you've been enjoying time back at school. You seem a bit more awake. Yeah, it's okay. School life is hard. Everything is difficult. Eighth grade is really tough. Things are going on. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome back to Wednesday night. Uh, last week we had an amazing time uh, in Galatians studying uh, one of our ethoses. I think that's the right word, an ethos night. You know, one of our uh, core values and discipleship values here at Citizens Youth, talking through the fruit of the Spirit. And tonight we're starting a brand new series called Steadfast. Steadfast is something, uh, the word in Hebrew is the word hesed. It's this kind of uh, connectedness, it's this uh, assurance, it's this um, obligation, it's kind of this contractual thing that is connected to love. It's something that is deeper uh, than the love that the world would give. It's deeper than affection. It's deeper uh, than decision. It is something that is sure. It is something that is steady. It is something that will always last. Open your Bible to Psalm 107. We're going to be in the next five weeks in this particular psalm. And Psalm 107 is one of the longest psalms in the Bible. Over 40 verses dedicated to this one idea that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. So open up your Bibles right there. And um, if you're new tonight, first of all, welcome. Super glad that you're here. Super glad that you've joined us here at Citizens Youth. If it's been um, a crazy season for you and you're just looking to learn more about uh, church or the Bible or the gospel or anything like that, I would love to talk to you. I hope that you had an opportunity to check in with um, a super friendly guest uh, person who is welcoming uh, you in. So hopefully you've been able to get connected. All right, if you're there, I'm going to read this passage for us uh, out loud. Verses 1 through 9 is where we're going to be tonight. And the title of the message is Something Worth Sharing. Something Worth Sharing. You'll see why in a minute. It says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble, and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way, no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. And they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their disasters. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. For his wondrous works for the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. In a world where things change and fade like the day and night, we need something that doesn't move. In a time where inconsistency seems to define every day, For us right now, we need something sure. In a day where affections and temporary feelings rise and fall, we need some sort of permanent love. Our souls long for a holy consistency. 
Our hearts and our lives crave this enduring promise, and our hearts need something steadfast. And more so than that, our hearts need somebody steadfast. And his name is Jesus. The steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. Maybe you've been hurt before by somebody who says they loved you. Maybe boyfriend or girlfriend, they said they loved you and they hurt your feelings. They betrayed you in some way. Maybe it was a grandparent or parent who claimed to love you and they betrayed you and hurt you in some sort of way. Oftentimes, we have a hard time separating our love that we feel towards other people or receive, especially from our parents. We have a hard time separating that love that we sometimes experience that is flawed from the love of God. And when we look to God, when we think of God, if you have heard about God, if you've heard about Jesus, sometimes you think uh, of those flaws and those problems that come up with you and your friends or you and your parents, and you think, surely God's love can't uh, or must be like that sometimes. Surely God's love needs to be inconsistent. Sometimes there might be a problem uh, here or there, and you have a hard time trusting the Lord. And may that not be so. May that thought not be so. As we look through this text, may we proclaim the goodness of verse 1 that says his steadfast love endures forever in your life, in your friend's life, in the life of every single person who has come to know and trust God. His steadfast love endures forever. Let's pray. God, thank you for this word. Thank you uh, for what you're going to reveal to us in this text. I pray that we would recognize that your love is something different than anything we've experienced, that uh, your love is not temporary. Your love doesn't uh, have stipulations, that your love uh, isn't uh, going to fail us ever. God, I pray that we would look to verses like this uh, in times of need, in times of trouble, and we would hold deeply Uh, to these truths. We would latch on uh, deeply uh, with these truths presented here in the gospel. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this time we share together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Look at verses 1 through 3. Again, there's over 40 verses in uh, Psalm 107, and we are going to go through all of them tonight. No, just kidding. Uh, We're going to go through all of them over the next five weeks, of course. But it says this, So give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. In verses 1 through 3, we see the joy for the redeemed. We see joy for the redeemed. That word redemption, to be rescued, to be uh, changed, to be taken out of a terrible situation, to be taken out of a a, a terrible spot in your life, and to be completely different, to be rescued and fixed, to have a new perspective and a new path. Let the redeemed of the Lord. One of the main attributes of God is that he reconciles all things to himself. Colossians 1 says this. That God redeems and rescues things. It's in his very nature to be a redeemer. Things that are broken, things that are lost, things that are in need of repair, only through God's Holy Spirit and through God himself can he fix and redeem those things. And if you're a Christian in the room, if you know Jesus Christ, then you and I are counted amongst the redeemed. And it says this, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's this idea of professing Uh, that truth that you are redeemed. Give thanks to the Lord. 
So we had Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago. We all said our thank yous, our mom, our dad, parents, you know, friends, siblings, whatever. We said thank you, thank you, thank you. But now it's January, and it's like, all right, the season of thankfulness is kind of behind us, right? That was a few months ago. I already got my presents. I'm already bored of them. I don't really need to be thankful for much anymore, right? But thankfulness should be an attribute of the Christian life. Thankfulness needs to be one of the qualities that stand out as a Christian. For you, when somebody looks at you in your life, the way you operate, the way you think, the way you speak, someone should be able to say, there's just kind of this thankfulness to them. Because one of the attributes, like, think about this. If you're a Christian and someone's like, yeah, they're always kind of like wanting more things. They always seem like restless. They always seem to, like, like everything seems to be wrong. There seems to be no problem. And it's like, you're sure that's, that's a Christian you're talking about, right? Like, we hear that. We picture, like, someone like that in our minds. And we're like, that is not one of the qualities of a Christian. Restlessness, weariness, trying and striving to obtain more, to do more. No, thankfulness is often front and center of the lives of the redeemed, of those who know the Lord. Thankfulness means you're able to look at your life, your current situation, and recognize the blessings that are before you. It's not that your life doesn't have problems. It's not that there isn't needs for uh, here or then or there's situations and problems that come up. No, it's simply recognizing that there are blessings from God before you all the time. People who are thankful have that perspective. When they take a a clear look at their life, they're able to recognize that the Lord has blessed them, that the Lord has taken them from a bad place and brought them to somewhere new, that there are blessings before them. They have a roof over their head. They have a, a loved one, a parent who loves them, who cares for them. They have friends. They have whatever it may be. Thankfulness is a, it is a, an attribute. It's an attitude and it's also perspective. It's the perspective that I have everything that I need in Jesus Christ. I have everything that I need for life and godliness through the Bible and through God's Holy Spirit. There isn't anything else I'm striving for. There isn't anything else I need. Thankfulness. And more so than just recognizing it, professing it, talking about it, sharing it. I don't know if anyone in the room has like little, little brothers and sisters, like two, three, four years old. I'm sure a few of you in the room probably do. Yes, no? Okay, no, I guess not. There you go. So if you have like a little, little brother or sister, or if you've walked down the nursery or something, little kids are amazing because they will just tell you everything that they're thankful for. And you didn't even ask. Like they're like waddling up and they're just kind of looking at you like this. And you're like, hello. And they're like, I saw a dog today. And you're like, oh, awesome. And they're like, yeah, it was the best day ever. And you're like, wow thankfulness, right? Or like, I had like candy. And you're like, whoa, candy, cool, right? They just can't help but like share these things with you and be thankful for them. And you're like, wow, the smallest things in the world. But if you've noticed, people deep down really can't help but share the things that they're really thankful for. People can't help but share the things that really matter to them. Sure, we grow and mature, but if you watch for it, if you look out for it, when you're friends with somebody, or if you are getting to know someone better, they can't help but talk about something. They can't help but bring something up. It happens to adults too, right? If they're really proud about something at work, they'll be like, so how's work going for you? And you're like, oh, pretty good. And they're like, yeah, work's been pretty good for me too. And you're like, oh, tell me about work, right? And then all of a sudden they'll start talking about it. It's just this thing that happens naturally in our hearts. There's something that you and I are thankful for that we're professing, that we're sharing. 
And one of the attributes of a Christian is thankfulness. But it's not thankfulness necessarily from anything that the world says is important. No, it's for what? What are we thankful for? Oh, give thanks to the Lord our God, for he is what? Good. So an attribute of God, being thankful that God is who he says he is in his word, and also for his steadfast love in your life. Let the redeemed say so. He whom he has redeemed from what? Trouble. And gathered from the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. This is the joy from the redeemed. This is joyfulness and thankfulness that only comes with knowing the Lord. You will share in your life thankfulness for a person, an opportunity, a gift, a position. You can't help but share about it. But the main attribute of a Christian should be thankfulness, not in any of those things, but in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And more importantly, his steadfast love for you. How thankful are you for God? Like realistically. Like I know if somebody said that in a worship gathering, you should be like, oh yes, I should clap here. But I'm asking you like person to person, face to face, how thankful are you for the Lord and what he has done for you? And you're like, well, I haven't thought about that. Well, think of your prayer life. Okay, we are uh, always going to God in prayer. Here at Citizens Youth, uh, you in your life, us as Christians should constantly be going to God uh, in prayer. How often in your life does your list of demands or uh, desires or uh, interests or uh, needs outweigh the list of things that you're thankful for, for God or the attributes of God? Oh, God, help me pass this test, please. Please let me pass this test, Lord. Lord, please, my crush, if they can just see, if they can just see that I'm the one who understands them. I've been here all along. Why can't they see God? Please, right? You know, we've prayed that once or twice. Or maybe, oh God, can I please have some sort of comfort? Can you please rescue this or that? How often in your life or in my life are we going to God, first and foremost, with a heart and a posture of thankfulness? When you're sharing about your life in Connect Group, how often are you sharing about the, like, here's the things that are wrong with my life versus the things that you are thankful for, the attributes of the Lord that you find close uh, to you, the things that he has done for you, the way he has rescued you, the way he has redeemed you. God, I have things that's burdening my heart right now. But first of all and foremost, I would like to recognize you and thank you for your steadfast love in my life, for your enduring love in my life, for your consistent love in my life. God, I'd like to thank you for being a good father, for giving me good gifts and leading me away from things that would lead me to harm. It's a perspective shift, right? It's an attitude and a heart posture to have and to hold near to you. Thankfulness and joy truly go hand in hand. The most joyful people are often the most thankful, and the people who are often the most thankful will be the most joyful. And here we see a call to be thankful for something that will not change and will not move. Steadfast, consistent, commitment, loyalty. It's this word in scripture that is used, again, hesed. It's directly connected to God's love. 
God can't be separated. So the attributes of God are consistent with the attributes of love. First John says God himself is love. So anything that is true about love is also true about God. And so when it says God's love is steadfast, it means God himself is steadfast to you. God himself is love. So often the world will try to discourage you, to distract you, try and take away your joy. Focus on the conflict that you're having with a friend. Focus on uh, that thing you lost. Be defined by that thing that you are currently struggle with. But the call here in the beginning of this chapter is to have our affections be drawn to the Lord in thankfulness. Of course, it means there still might be things that are wrong. There still might be problems in your life that you're having. But there is something that will never change in the course of your life, and that is God's steadfast love towards you and his goodness in your life. And because these things don't change, the psalmist is saying, give thanks and let the redeemed say so. Let the people who are Christians talk about it. Let the people who have been changed by grace profess that same grace to their friends. Be thankful and be uh, speaking of it. Be thankful and let the redeemed say so. Verses 1 through 3, it's the joy for the redeemed. It's uniquely Christian. In a world that says, this is difficult, focus on that, or you've lost this, or you don't have enough good things in your life, the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Don't just believe it, but also profess it. Where's your thankfulness right now? In your heart, in your life, how thankful are you for the things that you have, the things that you have redeemed, or the things that have been given to you by God? Consistent, connected, sure, steadfast. Something that won't shake, something that won't waver, something that won't give in. So many times in life, you may have had this transactional relationship with someone. I give you something, uh, I take something. I give you love and affection, you give me love and affection, vice versa. It's this transactional love, but not so with God. Maybe you've not known a love that's different than that. Or maybe you've had to perform for love. You've had to uh, be good enough, right? You've felt like in your friendships or your relationships or even with your parents, if you were bad, if you messed up, all of a sudden, dude, I am not good enough. I am not worthy to be loved. None of those things are steadfast. None of, the, none of that is steadfast, consistent, connected, loyal, absolutely, totally committed. But the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. There's only a few things that are going to be here forever. The things you do for the Lord, heaven, the kingdom of God, and the attributes of God. His steadfast love in your life will endure forever. And be thankful for it. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. The psalmist is saying, be joyful because of the Lord, because of his goodness, but also because he has rescued you and he has redeemed you. He has saved you. This idea, he's redeemed me from what? From trouble, from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. It's this idea of being completely far off in a distant land. 
being completely far and separated from God and being in the midst of trouble. The next few verses are going to share more about that as well. But if you're a Christian in this room, you have a reason to be thankful always. Because you may be going through something really difficult right now, but you will never be back to where you were before you knew the Lord, ever. You will never be in a spot that is so difficult, that is so hard, that is so painstaking, that you were like, I wish I just didn't even know the Lord. No, you will always be redeemed and rescued from those things if you know Jesus. And that is always a reason to be thankful. And it is always a reason to profess. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's just this powerful thing. We profess these truths. We say that we are redeemed through worship when we worship the Lord. And we also do that through testimony. So we profess of the goodness of God to God directly, right? When we sing, when we uh, work for God, when we serve God, when we worship him. And we also profess the goodness of God to other people through our testimony. If you're saved, if you're redeemed, there is an overflow of our heart that gets to share the gospel with people, that gets to worship God directly. Your testimony of thankfulness is powerful. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Your testimony and your thankfulness to the Lord is powerful. In a cynical, depressing culture, a self-focused, self-absorbed culture, your thankfulness to something outside of you will immediately stand out. In a world that says everything is wrong, nothing good is happening, just sit down and shut up. If you are thankful for something genuinely, and it's not about yourself and you are focused on the goodness of God, your testimony will stand out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let your testimony reign loudly for other people to hear. Let your song of thankfulness to the Lord in worship be loud. Would we be excited about it? Would we be overjoyed to share these things? Or are you ever tempted to kind of gloss over the best news of your entire life? If you were in a situation, you were lost, let's say you were like hiking, you got lost. Let's say you're trapped in a building that is collapsing or on fire, and someone at the last second redeems and rescues you, saves you. You're probably going to talk about that story for the rest of your life. Moments when you were like, I was heading towards death and all of a sudden I'm alive. Do you see what I'm getting at here? If you know the Lord, if you have been redeemed and rescued by him, there is a thankfulness that lives in our hearts because of what he has done for you. Let the redeemed of God say these things. We profess the goodness of God to God through worship and also to others through our testimony. When your friend is lost and confused, they don't know the right way, let your testimony reign loud. When somebody in your family is asking questions about your, the Lord, let your testimony in him reign loud. You don't need to have all the right answers. You don't need to know exactly you know, the five points of this theological background or that uh, theological background. You just need to know your story and you need to know the truth that you have been redeemed and rescued. Look at this in verse three. And he's gathered, right, the redeemed from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. A couple of verses before this, 
Psalm 103. It speaks of the Lord forgetting our sins and casting them as far as to the east is from the west. It's this poetic idea of God separating you from your sin. And then here, just a couple of verses later, it says he has gathered what? The people of God, the redeemed of God from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. Do you know what's beautiful about this and the connection between these two passages? The Lord goes to such a great length to get you, to rescue you, and to redeem you, but he leaves your sin there. He leaves your sin and forgets your sin where you were, but he doesn't let you stay there, and he continues to bring you closer to himself. As far as the east is from the west, your sin has been cast out, and he has gathered the redeemed from the lands, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from the south. This is why Christians get to be joyful. This is why Christians get to profess the goodness of God to God and to others. This is why Christians have a powerful testimony in Jesus. Don't let anyone ever tell you that your testimony isn't powerful. Maybe if you're a Christian in the room, you're like, well, I've heard of like drug addicts and like gang members, like people who like murdered people in their past life, all of a sudden coming to know the Lord. And like, those are really cool testimonies. Like I got saved when I was like eight. So I don't like... Wasn't selling drugs at preschool. Wasn't offing anybody, like killing anybody on the playground. Like I'm just kind of came to know the Lord when I was eight years old, right? And you're like, I don't think my testimony's worth sharing. I don't know if I need to really talk about it. Don't let anyone tell you that that's true. Any story that goes from death to life is a story worth telling. Any story that comes from poverty to riches is a story worth telling. Any story of redemption is worth speaking about. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What trouble has the Lord rescued you from? It says, from a great trouble he has redeemed us. What trouble in your life have you been rescued from? I love the testimonies, right? Some people would say they're simple. They're not simple. They're all beautiful and wonderful when some people just simply are like, you know what, I'm just like less angry than I used to be. I don't know, I used to be really angry, then I came to the middle of the Lord and I'm not as angry. That's a beautiful, beautiful testimony. I don't know, I had a lot of anger for this person who hurt me and then all of a sudden I, I came to know the Lord and I, I found it in my heart to forgive them and I was able to move on from that hurt. These stories, they are all worth sharing. What has the Lord rescued you from? What trouble have you seen in your life that God has taken from you because of his goodness? And does that inspire a heart of thankfulness in you? Does that encourage you to share your testimony and to sing and to worship the Lord? One of the reasons why we make hard, uh, why we work hard to make musical worship happen, why we want small groups and connect groups to happen is because we believe that you need to be professing these good things. You need to be sharing these things that the Lord has done in your life with other people. It is a powerful thing. It is a powerful thing that we get to do. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, from whom he has redeemed a great trouble and gathered him from the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Look at verse 4. It says this. Some wandered in desert wastes 
finding no way to a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them, and they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And he led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his what? There it is again, his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man. So first we see the joy for the redeemed, and then we also see hope for the wanderers. We see a hope for a wanderers. The psalmist reminds the redeemed that God will always be a beacon of hope for those who are far off, for those who are walking far from him. Verses 4 and 5 are kind of this poetic picture of our lives before Jesus. Verses 4 and 5 are a picture, a testimony that we can share in before our lives in Jesus. This is a reminder of where we have come from. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way, no city to dwell in. The Bible uses this consistent metaphor throughout the entirety of Scripture. Wandering in the desert, it represents despair separation from God, waiting for God in the promise. And then the opposite of the desert, waters, still waters, springs bursting forth, the springs of living water, right? All these represent what? The goodness of God, satisfaction, comfort, joy, hope, sustenance. Verses four and five, they speak to our hearts longing for something, wanting something, needing something. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way, no city to dwell in. He led them by a straight way till they reached the city to dwell in. I I get so frustrated sometimes when we talk about the gospel, when we talk about evangelism. It's just kind of like you need to know Jesus and then like you don't face consequences anymore. And it's kind of this get out of hell uh, free like card and like that's it. You're good. Like it's this thumbs up moment. And while those things are true, it's wonderful, but it is this idea of the Lord taking you from the desert, taking you from the destruction, leading you in a straight way, and also delivering you to a new spot. Knowing the Lord is so much more than just the assurance of where you're going once you die. It is a life full of blessings when you know him. It is a life of truth, knowing what? A straight way. He held them. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in, a place to belong. Ultimately, that city will never be perfect. It'll never be here on earth. But the Lord, if you know him, he is guiding you. He is leading you in a straight way. He gives you truth through his word, number one. He gives you truth through the pages of this book, through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And through the correction and guidance from the church, the body of God, he is leading you in a straight way if you know him. What a beautiful thing to be thankful for. What a beautiful thing to rejoice in. It's the hope for wanderers. If you know someone in your life right now who doesn't know the Lord, then they're there in verse 3, right? They're there in verse 4, excuse me. Desert wastes, finding no way, not a city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. How often do we look back on our life before Jesus and genuinely think those things? Like, I was just, like, my soul fainted within me. You may not recognize it, but that's where we were. 
That's who we were, wandering in the desert. If you're ever stuck in a situation where you have no direction, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you're just kind of idly passing time, it's this horrible thing, right? Like, let's say your mom runs into somebody at Target, and your phone's dead, and you're just standing there, and you're just like, man, what am I going to do? And you're just wandering aimlessly. The ladies in the room might be like, I love Target. All right, guys, I'm talking to you here. You're stuck, and it's not the electronics part of Target, right? It's like the like soaps and stuff, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Right? You're just wandering around aimlessly, right? Looking around like, oh, this is a nice ceiling. This is a nice carpet. And you're just waiting for what? Just time to go by. Things to happen. It's this idea of wandering, not having any sort of truth, not having any sort of direction, not having any sort of hope for rescue, wandering and waiting, honestly, to die and to pass away in the desert, but not so for the redeemed. They what? Cried out to the Lord in their trouble, in the desert, in your toughest moment, in, your, in, the, in the separation between God and man, when you were far away from God, the Lord heard you in what? The desert. They cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And he's leading you in a straight line to what? A city built for you and for me, ultimately the promise of heaven. We may not reach it, Yet we may not perfectly see the kingdom of God established, but that is where the Lord is guiding you. There is always hope for people who are wandering. Because there's hope for you, and you found the Lord, and you know him, and you are living your life for him. Who in your life right now needs to hear this good news? Who needs to know that they can be redeemed, that they can be rescued from this dark spot in their lives? Do you look to the lost as people who are thirsting, who are hungry, whose souls are fainting within them? Or are you ever tempted just to think, oh, like maybe they'll figure it out one day. I'm sure like life could be better for them. No, that's not the attitude and perspective that we're supposed to have. It's that of, you know, trusting the Lord's sovereignty. Yes, allowing him to do his redemptive work and being a part of it but it is wanting people to see the bread of life. It's wanting people to have access to living water. It's you showing and what? Testifying, letting the redeemed say so, speaking of these things, showing people the goodness of God. Do you view people like that? Do you view the lost like that? Let them thank, again, who? The redeemed, the one who are being guided in a straight line Thankfulness again comes up here. It says, thank them. Thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. It wasn't your goodness. It wasn't you that got yourself out of that desperation. It was God's steadfast love to you and for you. And so in life, when you face temptation, when you face pain, when you face trials, Know that the Lord's steadfast love is the one that guided you out of that difficult situation. And he is the one and it is the love that is still guiding you and still directing you and still redeeming you. We speak of it. We rejoice in it. And we know that there is always hope for those who are wandering. 
for the people in your life who don't know him, for the people who need to see Jesus more clearly, there is still hope because there is always hope for you. Verse 9, it says this. This is the last verse we're covering tonight. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Here we see satisfaction for the soul. True satisfaction found from God through his steadfast love in Christ. Our hearts hunger for something. Our souls are searching for something. That ever-present something is missing, right? There's this idea of there's something missing in my heart. There is something that I need. There's something that I want. There's something that I don't have, something that I don't have access to. In our lives, there's this longing that exists within the human heart. And our hearts were designed like that, but our hearts were also designed to only have this space filled by the Lord, by the goodness of God and his steadfast love. The only thing that will satisfy your hunger, the only thing that will quench that thirst, the only thing that will be able to sustain is the steadfast love of the Lord. St. Augustine says our hearts are restless until they find rest in you, O Lord. Jesus says it even better. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. John 4.14 says, but whoever drinks of this water that I give to them will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Peter in the book of Acts says, repent and turn to the Lord so that times of refreshing may come. It is in God's very nature and his very steadfast love to sustain and to satisfy. Is there anything else in this life that you would want to look for? Is there anything else in this life worth pursuing? For he satisfies the longing soul. Whose soul is longing? Every single human soul that has ever existed. Wondered, is there something more? Is there something I'm missing? Why do I feel like a little empty inside? Why do I feel like I'm not complete? Every soul has been longing. Every soul has been thirsting. Every soul has been hungering. But he satisfies the longing soul. And the hungry soul he fills with good things. It is only through God that we can conquer those thoughts, that we have those thoughts eliminated. What else would we want to look for? What else could we be longing for and searching for? Do you find satisfaction from his word? Do you find comfort from his people? Do you find sustaining joy from his spirit? Or are you too distracted trying to satisfy yourself with the things of this world and ultimately coming back hungry and empty and thirsty and needy? Are you giving into sinful temptation, lust, pride, selfishness, trying to find satisfaction there and coming up empty, coming up short? There is nothing else that will satisfy you, friend. 
Your friend may cause you happiness, but they can never be your savior. Your boyfriend or girlfriend may bring you excitement and affection, but they can never bring you steadfast love. Your intellect, your job, your social status, your dreams will ultimately bankrupt you if you search for all your richest and deepest desires in them alone. Those things will come back to bankrupt you unless we first find satisfaction to the one who has steadfast love for you. He is the one. He is the only one who can satisfy those longings, those yearnings, those thoughts of emptiness and loneliness. He is the only way. He satisfies the longing soul, the hungry soul he fills with good things. God gives good gifts. God gives perfect gifts. In Luke, we see that the, the Lord doesn't withstand anything good to his children when we would ask for it. The Lord gives us good things. He gives you things that sustain. Are you trying to say, okay, yes, God, I want, I want you. I want the things you know, from you, and I want that sustaining power. But at the same time, you're trying to dabble in the things of this world, the temptations of this world nibbling right on the things of this world and you're like why am I so hungry why am I so confused why am I yearning so hard right because it says that the Lord gives good things and when we go to our own passions our own desires it leaves us empty it leaves us dry but there is a steadfast love that endures forever there's a steadfast love that is to be spoken of that is to be returned to when you're lonely, when you're empty, when you are needing more, you have a steadfast love that will endure. When you are uh, just running at the end of your rope and in need of help, there is a steadfast love that will always be there because it wasn't based on anything that you could have brought to the table. You never have to bring anything else. You always have access to it through the Lord, through Jesus Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Thank him for this. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble, whom he has gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in the desert, finding no way, no city to dwell in. Those who are hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. They cried to the Lord. And the Lord redeemed them in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. This is our anthem. This is the thing that we pro profess with our lives, with our words, with our actions, with our worship. This is what we get to speak of. This is something worth speaking about. In your life, in your school, in your friend group, it is worth it. It is everything. It can only be everything. May there not be another place that we run to to find satisfaction and joy. May there not be another person we run to when we're empty or feeling down. 
May there not be a sinful temptation or habit that we return to, but would we return to the steadfast love of the Lord that endures forever. This is something worth professing. This is something worth sharing. To your friend who is lost, to your friend who needs to know the truth, who do you know in your life whose soul is starving? who's wandering to all the wrong things in searching for something that satisfies. Your story, your redemption, your rescue is worth sharing. Not what you have done, not your own steadfast love right now, but the steadfast love of Jesus. It is worth sharing. May you speak of it. May you say so. May you profess it to the one who is lost. Would you go out of your way, right? If someone was starving, you can see they're visibly shaking. They're going to pass out. You do everything you can to try and make them feel comfortable, to give them food. And you have access to the good news. You know the bread of life, the one that living waters uh, springs forth from. You have access to him. You know him personally. Why wouldn't you share about it? Why wouldn't you try to give it to someone else, to profess of it? Give thanks to the Lord. Tell God himself through worship and let the redeemed of the Lord say so through their testimony. May that be the anthem of our heart. May that be the cry of our souls. May that be our everything as we profess this to Jesus. Who do you know? Who needs to hear of this good news? What thank, how do you need to be reminded of this truth? What in your life, the way you've been rescued, the things you've been rescued from, or picturing your life without Jesus, the place you would have been, what do you have to be thankful for? Are you tempted to just think about all the things that are going wrong, all the problems that you currently have, or are you thinking of, you know, if I didn't know the Lord, I bet I would be pretty deep into some terrible things right now. If I didn't know the Lord, I definitely would have pursued that relationship and gotten myself in a ton of trouble. If I didn't know the Lord, there's no uh, way of knowing where I could have been. Does that thankfulness spring forth in your life on a daily basis? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's something worth sharing. Steadfast love. If you've never known love, it's kind of a sad thing to say, if you never really feel like you've experienced true love, true affection, the reality is we only find true, steadfast, perfect love from the Lord. If you don't know him, his name is Jesus, and I'd love to tell you all about him. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We're thankful for your steadfast love. We're thankful thankful for this truth. God, I pray that in a room full of this size for people who are maybe in that desert place right now who don't know you, God, I pray that you would continue to reconcile them to yourself, that they would wrestle with these words, that they would ask themselves if they know you. God, for those of us in this room who profess you as our Savior, God, help us to profess it to others. Help us to be passionate when we speak of it, when we sing of it. When we serve you, help us to live like it's true. Help us not to be distracted by the problems that we may face, but will we recognize that our lives would be completely hopeless 
without your steadfast and perfect love. God, I pray for the person who needs to see an example of steadfast love. Would we be an example of that? Would I be an example of that? Would our ministry be an example of this steadfast love? And would we speak of it, Lord? As we sing, help us not to just check the box of singing and trying to focus, trying to pay attention during worship. But would we recognize that this is an opportunity to lift our voices, even when our lives are hard, even when difficulty is at our door, would we profess, would we sing out loud the goodness of God? Would we recognize where you have been good in our lives, where you have rescued us, where you have redeemed us? Guide our thoughts, guide our affections and our hearts closer to you. We love you, Lord. It's all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet.